When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to go on a fishing, boating and great outdoors adventure. Welcome to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. Good morning and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you're listening right around the country. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood joining you this morning to talk all things fishing, boating and the great outdoors. Redman, good morning to you, my old friend. Good morning, mate. We uh, we had a little bit of a trip in your boat last week. I think we're going to be talking about soon and uh, I we reckon, I reckon we we're a man down. <laughs> we're not going to be having... I don't think this bloke's going to invite himself again. No. Uh, I've nearly killed if, every if, Cats player. If... <laughs> If Brad Close has an average game this afternoon, we know why. So we took out my North Bank 750 uh, Monday. Uh, Cats had the day off, so we'd organised it last week, hadn't we? And uh, we took out Brad and Gary Rowan. And if you're you're wondering what the brown stain is leaving the head, it's the dust that come off Pat's boat from after (laughs) sitting in the storage for such a long time. Sorry, Pat. Fair, fair. (laughs) No, that was fair. Uh, And the other colour... Humiating the water was the vomit that uh, that Brad had uh, thrown up after. I think he was sick for six hours. And if you if you can imagine Brad Close in Simpson character form, but in a really really dark yellow, it was incredible the colours he went. He was like a chameleon. It looked like he'd he'd had liver failure. He was, I hadn't he seen was anyone. Jaundice. You know when you have a baby. You know when you have <laughs> your, a baby and you get jaundice when it's yes, born. Yes. Like you, a lot of babies go that yellowy yes. grey tinge. It's like yellow, but like with a grey and green in it. I've never seen anyone. This might be a big. I've never seen anyone sicker on a boat. Oh. He looked like a skeleton, mate. You know what the funniest part about it is when we got back in. So we came in. Oh, we'll, I'll get to the next bit. You we go. came in. <laughs> we go. came in at say 55, 60 k's an hour, and the sprays. Pump it. Yeah, this so, is the bit I was going to go to. You so, go, you go. So, so we've got, uh, I'll paint the picture. We've got the trim tabs down. Pat was driving like an idiot in. No, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> got the twin 200 Mercs on the back. There's, you know, the, th- the spray is being thrown. And when you've got the trim tabs in on a on any boat, um, the ride's better, but what it does do is throw a lot more spray. So we're driving in and, and Brad is that sick. He's sitting in the back corner being pelted with water. And it's like he, it's like one of those, uh, you know, animals on the Serengeti, Aaron, that's just Serengeti. resigned to dying. Like it's standing there. No, he's and, done. He was and done. there's a crocodile chewing on yeah. its leg, and it's like there's no emotion in the animal's face. It knows it's dead. dead. And that was Brad. He he stood up when we came into the harbour. Just saturated, and, but it's, but not. It was dripping off him. Like it was dripping out of his jumper, like it, <laughs> his jacket. It was literally dripping. And then once we got up, like everyone said, it's probably time for you to go home. Go Normally, it's like, he's like, yeah, nah. He did the right thing. He tried to help. And then, and then for the good of everyone, we said, mate, you're not contributing anything and you don't look <laughs> He great. was doing less than me. <laughs> we trained Tuesday, so we had run-throughs Tuesday. Honestly, like he's not, um, he's not built like Hercules on the best of days. No, I'm actually larger than him. That's saying a bit. <laughs> he looked like a sparrow. That hadn't seen water in about six months, and he trained like it as well. He goes, "Geez, that was rubbish from me." <laughs> but you got to, as a captain of the club, you've got to respect that, though. <laughs> you killed him. No, well, I brought him on board, so I just didn't mention him. Jeez, like, Brad's got to lift his game, doesn't he? <laughs> You're a prick. And, and like, yeah, it's about preparation. Is he playing this and weekend? He doesn't. He doesn't look like he's prepared well for today's session. Well, the thing was, I tried to the seasick tablets that I get you got that I get the guys that stop seasick. We, I found. I managed to get some of the boys that were in date and I grabbed them and I'm like, as I said to you, Brad gets sick. I said, I need to sort it out. I don't want him to come because he's going to get yes. sick chasing yes. tuna. Yes. And we grabbed the tablets. But the problem that we had was, I said, oh, Gary came over to my joint and picked them up on the way home. He goes, I got a, and I said, get the club doctor to check them. I actually claim that. I'm going to have to cut in here. You're going to have to hold that thought until the end of the show. 
because there's a final detail in all of this that we have neglected to mention that we are going to uh, gaff right. at the end of it. So stick so around. So I'm holding up. No, yes. not, stick. Geez, that's a big pause for from now. We're in about an hour's time, Pat. <laughs> stick around for that because it's a worthwhile gaff. Where are we going? Right. Where are we going now? Let's well, talk about some boat and fishing or. Now we're going to do a bit of cars, bit of, bit of four by four news. Four by four, right? So uh, Mitsubishi Triton have released images of their new Triton, um, and it's safe to say we both like it. There's yeah, a, it looks great. A few different images getting around. There's the that orange color in front of you is horrible. Well, what are you? It's like a charcoal type orange, but we've seen the darker version. You say a charcoal like a, type orange? Well, it's just burnt orange. Sorry, burnt orange. What color's charcoal? Um, Black. <laughs> that's not. Sorry, that's that one's that's charcoal. charcoal. <laughs> the charcoal, the charcoal, Aaron, looks wonderful. It does. Um, Ineos Grenadier. Yep. The uh, Land Rover uh, Defender types. Yeah. Look alike. That's the best way to describe it. Uh, I think we've been speaking about it for three years now. <laughs> we, oh, that's a great point, and that is a great Just, segue into the delays that we've seen in Australia. Now there was, I think, there were twenty-five cars delivered when they said they were going to be delivered, and there's been hundreds apparently of deposits taken. Uh, delays have been due to um, manufacturing quality that they said was an off-the-shelf product that has failed. So apparently that is now fixed. Sure and they are back on schedule around deliveries and there are hundreds of orders that they will be uh, fulfilling for Australian customers. Three and a half ton towing, um, all the specs, it's a BMW engine, um, look really promising. So it will be interesting to see, like the most important thing with anything that's new, particularly in the car or boating world, are first impressions. And the thing that you don't want to get wrong is the delivery quality control <laughs> on delivery. delivery time? Well, we've seen this for years yeah. with, like that was the big knock on, you know, Range Rover, an incredible car, the best luxury, um, you know, mm. full drive there is. What's the knock? Quality, quality control, longevity, yeah. electrics. Like they've never been able to move past that. So, you know, hopefully that isn't the overarching shadow that that follows Ineos in its debut because it looks phenomenal. Um, Tim Shattuck, this is some great news, Redmond. Um, found alive after three months at sea. Oh, that's an right. incredible. You just, just skip one of the car segments and go to Tim Shattuck. Well, what, what else did you want me to follow in the car segment? Well, we're going to talk about what what was pushed, put on Channel Nine during the week about oh, the eighty five percent increase in big vehicles and people are not liking it. In the, in the streets of Melbourne and whatnot. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Story? Sorry. Well, let's 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 go into that before we get so, into Tim because Tim's story is a cracker. Tim's story is a cracker. But during the week, Channel Nine reported about the likes of my car, the Rams and the the F one fifty that's coming and yes. the big chevs. The, I every- did laugh because it's it was the bulletin was exclusive. <laughs> did it? Yep. This is an exclusive report. Well, I'm pretty sure a lot of people dislike the size of these American trucks coming. Well, in. they they. Do make a good point because they're during the week I had to go to Melbourne and I don't ever want to go in there with my Ram ever again, Patrick. It is a pain in the ass. It is yeah, not yep. fun to be in Melbourne with a Ram. Uh, and they, what they're trying to say is there's an 85% increase with these cars and they're seeing them everywhere. And people so are, 85% year on, uh, in the last 12 months. In 12, 12 months, months, yeah. Like, it's an incredible we spoke, uptake. We spoke about the numbers a couple of weeks ago. 5,500 off the top of my head. No, three, it was 3,500. On, oh, on sorry. oh, sorry, there's 3,500 Rams sold, sorry, yes. just, just above Navara. Sorry. Yep. That was the highest. And then uh, there's a Ranger couple. And, yeah. Ranger and Hilux leading the way. And then I think including the other models of the big US. Amarok were a bit below it too. Yeah, but the big US manufacturers, about 5,500 vehicles. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Well, what they're whinging about is basically supermarkets. But you've parked, and, and it, You've oh, got one. Is it hard to park? It's, shock. it's not hard to park. The parks aren't big enough. So... Melbourne is a wor- is even worse than where I live in Ocean Grove. I can get away with a bit more down here, but they're shocking, they're oh, shocking to bark. It, it, so how um and when you've got a tow ball the same size as the one that I've got, it sticks out about fourteen feet. <laughs> so how is your car going in terms of like no, no mishaps or yeah, I crashed it at the cats. <laughs> I crashed it at the cats about two weeks in having it. Took out my whole bumper on the sidestep, the sidestep bumper, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Waiting for insurance to go through. Not your best work. 850 of excess i got to pay. So you're with the, 
the the people. Yeah, these damn well, cars, they're too big. These hundred percent, they're shocking. <laughs> these uh, these there's a concrete. What it was was you know the concrete pillars sort of thing that stops. Pretty hard to see, mate. Well, they are when you're in a ram. I'm being, not I'm mocking a, you because they're like a giant wall. So it's like the White Walkers coming up in Game of Thrones. They're not hard to see. For, for those listening, Pat and I recorded the Cattery together. We're fortunate enough to do it here. But the problem with the Cattery at the moment... Geelong, kid in your park. Kid in your park, sorry. GMHBA Stadium. Yes. They're building the stadium and there's 4,000 tradies that turn up every week. And we struggle. You can't even get a park. No one can yeah. get a park here. So I squished the... Big, Doing a wonderful job, the builders, despite... Nine the, months late. The glacial speed at which they're constructing <laughs> things. Do you know why? Because they're always in the Cats Cafe. I swear when I get here, it's full. Good of, coffee there. It's already going. Anyway, I was, so I backed in next to one of these concrete pillars things, and they were a bit below my window, so I didn't, I didn't even know that I parked next to one, really. I was just got in the driver's seat. When I got, sorry, got out of the driver's seat, I walked in on the angle from the Cats to where it was, didn't didn't even didn't even see it. Then all of a sudden, I was on the didn't phone. Look. Didn't on the phone to Chucky. And I, I was back, so I reversed into the park. Cause it's much easier with the big cars to reverse impact. And I went to drive out, and I was on the phone to Chucky, and all I heard was, <laughs> and Chucky goes, "What was that?" And I said, "I actually don't have the answer for you right now, but whatever it was, he's broken." So, and, I, and I'm going to have to call you back. I left him on the phone. I jumped out of the car in a panic. And I actually moved one of these concrete pillars, which I don't know how. Anyway, my car's destroyed. But uh, they they are hard to park. I reckon they are an inconvenience for other people because yeah, I park I park mine in parks at the supermarket and I'm very cautious where I reverse parking because you know how they've got walkways in the middle? My toe, like my car's long and then I've got the massive, I've got an extended tow ball. Which, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. It sticks out, or would you say, foot and a half? It's, it's what the, you know, you Trojans and they use back in the day to <laughs> ram open into castles and that sort of thing. Well, like, it, you don't complain when I'm pulling your boat around. No, I don't. It, <laughs> I tell you what, tows it beautifully. It does tow it very good. But anyway, yeah, yeah they are. I actually agree with these people. They, they are. There is a need for them, but driving around the city is... We're not oh, super well organized. I own one of these things. <laughs> compared to what America is. Uh, back to Sydney Sailor, who survived months at sea eating raw fish and drinking uh, rainwater with his dog. An incredible story. Tim Shattuck surviving three months uh, at sea. We'd reported and spoken about three him months. on the show. It's incredible. Saying there is no way he's alive. So his, his boat was damaged uh, in a storm. Um, a few weeks into the trip from Mexico to French Polynesia. Um, and it is quite extraordinary, the fact that he has survived this. Incredible for quite clearly his friends and family and all those sorts of things. Um, can you imagine being three months at sea with nothing but a dog? I don't even like dogs. But I'd probably end up liking the dog after three months, I reckon. You know what they say about people that don't like dogs? What's that? <laughs> people that don't like dogs. You've never heard that. You never trust a man that doesn't like a dog. And that sums you up. Uh, look at him. If you look at the photo of him, he looks like that. Um, what was that show the, on the island? Where he gets left Castaway. Yeah, Castaway. He does look like he looks Castaway. like Castaway. But I don't know how he survived. I don't know. Like if I got left on three months, well, let's be honest. Without my drugs, I'd be dead anyway. But without <laughs> my heart meds, but like that'd be a fair effort. Like as in, it's not it, the conditions he would have went through. I'm Incredible. Probably, like just so to the vessel's crippled. The it's not like it's it's just drifting. He's not it's driving. Floating. Yeah, it's, yep. he's not going. The food sources, like you can tell how much weight he's lost by the vision, the footage and the vision of him. And uh, yeah, no, good good on him. I, I don't know how he's done it and I don't think anyone will. Now he did say, and I quote, I just need uh, a good rest and some food uh, because I've been alone at sea for a very long time. So 51 years of age, an incredible story. Um, and it does certainly Where was he found? Sorry, does it, does it say where he's found? Go back up here. He was, he was found in the ocean, mate. Well, anyway, wherever he was found is unbelievable. So, well done to all the search and rescue team. It didn't take you long, only three months. No, now, um, what are we fishing for this week in terms of the weather's been interesting? When we went out, you said it's going to be, you know, quite light, not too much swell. No swell, a bit of wind. That was a lie. There was no swell. It was windy. Oh, mate, it was... I thought I was... 1.5. I thought I was George Clooney in the perfect storm. The boat was moving that much. That's because you were driving. And Brad Close's <laughs> guts will... Beg to differ. Um, what are you hearing in terms yeah. of capture rates? So the tuna is still there. Obviously, yeah. there's a few fish. They're still hard work. Like yeah. you got to put be, in the time. Yeah, and yeah. you got to be lucky. You find the life. Like you, you saw the life that we worked. We actually marked up some beautiful fish, but just couldn't get them to go. Yeah, that, and we only had half an hour of goodness. There, yeah, it disappeared. A couple other people got fortunate enough to find a bit, uh, a bit more life, and they hooked up. Right place, right time with these fish. It's not. 
the thing with these fish at home, these big barrels at home, is one day they're in one spot, the next day the hookup on the next bite is 25 kilometres the other way. Yeah, it moves. It's blowing people all away. Like yeah. it's, and you got it, to, has it surprised you? You fish it more than anyone. Has it surprised you how much they move? Oh, I've, like considering what you, even the years before, and I still think it'll come together better. I think it will, but like. The other, last year and the year before, you at least they hold an area for weeks. Like, you know yeah. they're going to be roughly in an area or kilometres down. But these one, these fish are showing up at, at, say, just to give you an example, Bowen Head, 60 metres. And the next day, the, and we don't know if they're the same fish or not, or if those fish are shutting down. Oh, I think the killer whales out there are playing a big role in it. I reckon they're destroying these fish in seconds. Yeah. So they're coming through and they spook it. Whether they spook that fish and it move and they move so fast because they come in, which would make sense to me. That's how I'm sort of looking at it. So it's uh yeah I don't know it's just gonna you just gotta be out there in in it to win it. And the week's weather, let's be honest, it's the wind's looking not great. It's looking okay, but Monday's pretty ordinary. Sort of mid twenties. Weekend isn't it? as yep. we speak is looking pretty good and. Yeah, it's not looking great at the moment, so there might be a few fish caught in a bit rougher weather, and the moon's coming too. So yeah, it'd be interesting to, interesting to see what happens on the barrel front. Uh, and speaking of killer whales, like I mentioned before, 15 kilometres off Batesman's Bay, Patrick, we spoke about this uh, the other week as well, about how they're damaging boats. What Wait, if, these, these weren't damaging boats. There was 100 orcas surrounding a, a fishing vessel. Pretty incredible. Not incre- it would have been an no, They weren't damaging experience. it, but they were 100% working out how they were about to. <laughs> They are Mate, it's not the Simpsons where the dolphins take over the world. Anyway, these sp- things have the power to take over the you've world. You've spoken too long. We've got a massive show of real adventures <laughs> heading your way. Drew Jackson is joining us on the show a little later from Tellwater, and we're going to chat around Stace, uh, Quintrex, uh, one of the biggest or the biggest Redmond uh, manufacturer in the country. It'll be fascinating to chat with him. But after the break, we have got the whip around. We find out what is biting in your part of Australia. <laughs> You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It is time for the Whip Around where we find out what's biting in your part of the country. We kick things off with New South Wales and the yellowfin out wide of Monty Island around the 50 kilo mark at the moment. That's a good-sized fish, Redmond. Yellowfin tuna, they are going still very, very good. If you do want to catch these, go to the east coast. So from Batesman's Bay right down to, like I said, this report here is the Monty at, at wide of Naruma and Burmy as such. Uh, out a little bit wide, but there's... Plenty of fish there to be caught. Naruma's fishing well, so I said Naruma there, but out wide of it, like, it's all fishing great. So lures stick by hard bodies. Uh, casting in front of these fish with uh, surface lures is all working really, really well too. So bluefin out there as well, so you could come across anything. Uh, reports out of Burmy as well. Uh, it's not just the pelagics, but the snapper that's yeah, been snapper caught. The, island. the same thing with, um, with flathead as well. It's sort of like the forgotten species when... You know, you think of a place like Bermagui where automatically you think of billfish and all the incredible pelagic species. I, but their standard species, they're as good as, if not better than anywhere It's so funny that you say that because we go there every year. Like, I go there a lot, uh, but I go there dedicated every year of the week on a pincher boat. We go up there for the week with the boys and... Every time we chasing go, marlin on the on the yeah chasing marlin it's a marlin trip as such but every time on the way up on the way the way there we're always like oh well let's let's do a shark this year let's concentrate on the kingfish one day let's do this one day we just, all we do is marlin you never do we it. never chase anything else we're like why would we go try and catch kingfish when I catch them at home when I don't catch marlin at home yeah it yeah. always just gets sucked into the marlin because they're so great to, to catch but the other fishing is sensational like you just spoke about and pushing up a bit higher off Colonel. Offshore, again, the snapper, but yep. big snapper. There was fish to eight kilo being caught out there on plastics and baits, uh, which is also really, really good to see because that whole, from there right up to Sydney and even higher up to the border of Queensland, that snapper runs usually pretty good this time of the year. So it's really good to see. Uh, Queensland, Spanish mackerel madness reports out of Townsville. All on divers, but if you anchor up as well and Obviously, feed some pillies down live. Uh, not live. Sorry, whole pillies down. You'll catch fish as well. If you're so, whenever we talk about like mackerel, particularly Spanish mackerel, most people talk about, or you, you think straight away to um, the steel setup that you're going to need, yeah. metal traces, etc. If you're gonna, if you're gonna bait them, are you doing the same thing? How are you rigging that? 
Yeah, is you can trace for them. A lot of people run fluorocarbon. Yeah, okay. To try and um, use because mono sits so much better in the water, the clear mono. Yeah. But if you use a fluorocarbon, it's a lot stronger than standard mono, just supple trace. But if you go to the wire, you can add. You only need like a couple of inches of wire on a hard body, and it will stop you from getting bit off. Yep. Uh, but if you run, a it's not s- like a shark where you need meters of it because oh, it's no. the skin. 100%. But, you know, 100%. And what I would be doing as well, if you're running divers, a good thing to do, instead of running that m- middle hook, nearly take the middle hook off and just run one on the back. I do this for the bluefin at home. So I just run a single hook. So not trebles. I just yeah. run a single hook on the back. And what that means is when you do hook the fish, ideally you hook it in the mouth around yeah. the lip side of things. You hook it, but then you've all of a sudden got your hard body, which might be 10 inches long as such. Um, Eight, six to ten inches, depending on what size you're using, and say it's you, and that way, if it, if it does turn, you roll your hard body through the mouth rather than the leader. Obviously, if it's the deeper it swallows, the more chance of the leader touching the teeth of the fish. But if you're running that single hook at the back it, and hook it in its mouth, the hook, the lure runs through the mouth rather than the actual uh, rather than the line. Given how much they thrash, like, do you find that, like, is there really any need to ever use a lure that has three trebles in it? Like are they gonna uh, are they, they going to work against them themselves? I, I I'm not so a treble aggressive. person, yeah. but in saying that, I do fish with trebles a lot just because they're on they're already on there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if I'm not being lazy, I'll always change it. But if you're on the trout and whatnot, like you run, there's people like running treble trebles for on the trout the way they come up and hit things. But you get away with it on the trout a little bit more. They're such small trebles; yeah. they don't do as much damage. damage. You get a tuner on those big hard bodies with the trebles. Their mouth smashed. Yeah, I was going to say you, even you like almost salmon. Can't it. The way salmon carry on with those big la- like you know the lasers we're using off the beach, the, the metals that you use. They destroy the mouths of fish in second and second, the way they yeah. throw themselves. The reefs off the Whit Sunday is producing some great fish as well. Micro jigs have been all the rage, Redmond. They are. It's all your good reef fish. So you're not going to sit here and port everything because everything's up there. You know what the Whit Sundays are like. But there was a few little tuna mixed in, Ooh. Uh, some little bonito and whatnot up there. So it's really, really good to see. Don't mind that. Cool. Uh, heading across to the west, Perth Metro uh, was on for the snapper during the week. Um, and some unusual mackerel, we found that yeah. report a bit of an interesting one. Like multiple boats had random um, captures of mackerel, so, so mixed the, in with their snapper. For this time of the year, is that unusual? Yeah, especially where they're in that metro waters. Yeah, yeah it's definitely definitely not definitely not the common thing. So whether it's that current, I don't know if you remember, I reported, uh, I reckon it was, say, three months back, four months back even, that current that was pushing down from the north, the warmer water, hence the salmon that were going to be good this year. Yep. Uh, I don't know if it's got something to do with that current, but it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely definitely good to see. It wouldn't be bad if you're fishing for snapper and your rod screams <laughs> off with a mackerel on the back of it. Take that every day of the week. Coral Bay has also been very good. Coral Bay just being Coral Bay as usual. Every reef fish is on offer, but once again, the dramas up there north is the sharks. sharks yep. So if you can deal with the sharks, and the thing is, I speak to a couple of you guys. You just have up, to move, though. You move. That's what you just got to get away from. Yeah. Once you feed them, it's all over. They're not going anywhere. They're not. They're just so trained into humans now. Even in these remote places, they're still like when I say remote, Coral Bay is not necessarily remote as such. But even when you do go more remote than that, no, I know you mean. They, they switch on to you. They know what's going on. As soon as you catch one, they just sit under your boat, so yeah. and you just mark them on your sounder the whole time. You just see big shuttle lines coming through, and they're just yeah. your sharks. Even when you and I are up there, you just see them circling underneath the boat. You know exactly what they are. So it's yeah, it's a, they're a prick of a thing. I don't know what's ever going to be done about it uh, because I speak to a lot of people up north. Euthanise them? Oh, I don't know. Like, what are you? You're not going to be able to do anything about it. But all you got to move, mate. You got to move. Just got to move. Speaking of moving, we're heading uh, for the south, uh, South Australia. Yellowfin whiting um, in Cow Harbour on little poppers, which is is that how you pronounce it's, it? It's Cow. a bit. Of, it's I would have said Cowell. <laughs> it's a bit of the um, the Shane Mensforth special. Like that's the yellowfin well, whiting on poppers really are. You know, it's a, it is a bit of a South Australian thing, um, but they're fishing quite well. They are fishing very good, and uh, they're extremely fun on poppers in the shallow water. You'll get them on your uh, worms and whatnot as well, but Yellowfin is fishing very good. And Shane, it's funny you mentioned Shane, he was actually, I'm not sure exactly where he was, but the South, uh, South, Aus- South Australia angler reported uh, basically that he got a bag limit of whiting, and did you see the aviators he had on? He nearly looked a little bit like you sometimes. They were horrible. 
Did you see him? The big red aviators he had on in the photo with his had his beautiful whiting on his fingers. He was fishing the York Peninsula. York Peninsula. Thank yes. you for that. And, and what are you, what you're are you? right. They are, <laughs> there they are. They are not Shane's best uh, best classes that we've ever seen. So we'll have to um, we'll have to send him some. Surely, feedback. surely some sort of fishing attire on his magazine, like Tonic or Mako, or someone could send him a pair of sunnies, surely. At least it was um, it was mentioned in the post. Now, once again, <laughs> you can get the current edition of South Australian Angler, which is out now. And yours truly, Aaron Habgood, no. dons the front cover with uh, with young crow superstar Neg McHenry, who's the mayor doing, of Adelaide, who is doing his uh, weekly fishing report on Channel 7, and obviously he's got his... Uh, He's fishing show on a rival network, but we love what he's doing, Nettie. I do love Nettie. He's a very, very good young young fellow, Nettie. Plenty of great-sized ting also coming off. Is that Waruna? Waruna? Waruna. Waruna. You have to move around a bit. Yep. But when you find the schools, they are there. So it might take you three or four drops to find the schools, but when you find the schools, hope this makes sense, you will get your fish. They're big numbers when they're together. But they are, you just got to move. So Sandhole, give it 10 minutes. If that, move. Sandhole, move. Sandhole, move. And I had a friend fishing out of there that gave me that report. So, uh, and quite a good whiting fisherman too. So that's a really good tip if you're in that area. Uh, not, not, well, sort of last, but at least we got Victoria after this. But the Franklin River. Tassie. Which is just past Rubicon. Yep. Don't ask me where that is. <laughs> Plenty of big brim coming in on crabs. And there's a few uh, barrels getting caught on the west side as well. So, Tassie. Well, seismic um, fishing a couple of weeks ago, they. 130 odd kilos. 133 they landed. Yep. um, Which is a. Lockie Nichols has been doing well too. He runs a personalised charter, so uh, out of uh, Eagle Hawk Neck. So. Great place, Tassie, and I am due to get there. Victoria, well, we can kick things off from uh, from Monday. It was quiet. There yeah. were fish there, but they weren't biting. No, they weren't. They went to crap, and then we had to come in early, obviously, because Brad died. But uh, <laughs> do not put any on sports bet. My tip, don't put uh, Brad in any bet tonight because he, he won't be well. <laughs> no, he looked okay. Under. He looked okay yesterday on the captain's run. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Bradley, uh, we do love Bradley. Uh, but what, where are we at? Port Phillip Bay. Let me yep. let me fish the... quiz you on the the whiting sure. and the well gummy sharks are offshore, but whiting and the squid. Plenty of squid. You would have seen if you do follow my socials. Uh, I was out with young fella multiple times over the last few weeks, loaded with squid. Just fishing those tides, though. So when the tide runs in hard, fish the end of it. When you get those moons, it slows down. Fish a little bit more flow, and there is so many squid. It's so great to see. A, during the winter months, like when I say lots, like we got 30, 40, and 50 within our bag limits, and these do not go to waste ever. So, what are you targeting? You're targeting the dirty water? No, clean for squid. Clean as anything. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, clean squid, clean, not whiting. Yeah, squid. Sorry. So, we want these clean water for these whiting. We want to fish the slower parts of the tide. Uh, nice drifting over the weeds through right through Port Phillip Bay. Whiting down south, Pat, they've been uh, okay, a bit harder. Up the bay has been shocking. Uh, when I say shocking, the middle of winter, everything's just been hard. Western Port has been hard. There's a couple of whiting getting caught. And now a few squid. I reported the squid the last few weeks, but the Gwaine reckons have been a bit tougher. Gwaine's got some big gumbos offshore. You would have seen that post during yes. the week. yep. Gwaine got some beautiful big gummies. Uh, and gummies off the heads as well. Don't forget them. There's a few snapper out there. And heading over to the Lakes Entrance Way, Lakes Entrance Charter's cleaned up on the whiting front, their whiting fishery has turned a big corner since the netting yeah. got not done. And I'm, oh, no, I don't like it. It's been netting. nothing but a great thing for recreational fishers, let's be honest. You can have that opinion. I, I stay out of it, you know me, with that one. That's my little no-go zone. Politics. <laughs> that's my politics, politics I stay away from. But that's fishing well. There's also uh, Lee Rayner was on the bass up at the country a little bit. He got some beautiful bass. There were some really, really good Chinooks caught in the southwest of Victoria in the lakes. Portland tuna charters. The, my God, there's a few charters there. Matt Hunt's still there. You've also got Sharkman charters. And they reckon it's, usually it starts to slow up at the end of July on the school fish. Their boys are reporting the quickest bag outs they've had. So the school tuna getting better. Again, Salty Dog got all his customers onto tuna, school sharks, gummies, snapper, nanagai, all during the week in one charter, like multiple charters. So that's out of Port Ferry or Portland. Which is as good on. as it could ever hope, uh, hope for. Oh, it's as good as it gets down that southwest. And uh, what else have I got for you? Uh, up uh, up in the Murray as well, Jim Credlin reported uh, plenty of uh, good cod trout. 
not the Murray cod, so cod trout. Trout cod. Yeah, trout cod. Tried that one. Jeez, you're not bad today. You've been on. Always on, Patrick. Except Monday when Brad ruined my day. I was off then. Well, that'll wrap us up then. That is the whip around. You're listening to Real Adventures. Plenty more of the show after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It is now time for All Aboard. Our special guest this morning is Drew Jackson, Commercial Manager at Tellwater. Good morning, Drew. Morning, guys. Now, I've had you on the show uh, before, Drew, and we've spoken about the Stacer range. It's something that we're going to focus on today. Um, Aaron and I are very familiar with Stacer. Every time we head into Melbourne Marine Centre, it's always something that uh, we cruise past. I've got my little... Uh, I think it's a 2003 Vino's Stacer. Aaron, you're actually in the market at the moment looking for um, a, a different boat heading yeah. more inland. Drew is going to be my new best friend, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, uh, I am. I'm going to actually tee up. Uh, Drew's obviously got the Sydney Boat Show coming up. So once he gets back, we're going to sit down. And uh, there's a couple of options that we're going to talk about that I'm looking at. So what I'm trying to do, Drew, is we're trying to find something to – I don't want a small tinny pat. Like I, I want to be still feel like I'm in a bigger boat in the ocean. So that five yep. plus meter range is what I want, Drew. And I sure. saw center console. We don't want carpet. We want to stay away from carpet as much as possible because, like, I really look after things. So yep. <laughs> staying away from <laughs> staying away from carpet's a must for me as well. So there's a few things that we want to do, and that's why Stace has obviously got a great range of options that we can choose from. So Drew, that leads me to the the customization that has happened with the brand particularly over the last five to ten years where once upon a time it was off the shelf versus what it is now with how customizable it is that you can go in store and really develop a boat that suits you know each person's individual application and how they're going to fish yeah yeah look we 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 run uh, obviously a full range of boats starting from your small tinnies all the way up to your our, what we call our ocean rangers, our, our larger sort of plate offshore boats. Um, and I think off the top of my head, it's 70 odd different models uh, that we have in our lineup. That, 70? You know, yep, yeah, that, that runs from like a, all of our different configurations from tiller steers, side yeah. consoles, center consoles. You know, we have, you know, fishing style boats, we have runabouts, bow riders, cabins, and then the offshore boats. So, yeah, we, we, we cover a whole range of, of, of applications to try and suit. Um, you know, different, uh, you know, different types of, of boating. Um, obviously there's different waterways, particularly down, down your way with, uh, you know, blue water, but also the freshwater, uh, application. Um, you know, different types of boating, whether it's fishing or, or recreational. Um, so yeah, so we, we try to cover as much as we can in that space. There's a, a lot to cover, but, um, but yeah, we, we've noticed particularly over the last, um, yeah, five, ten years even that, 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 you know, customers certainly want to personalize their boats as, as much as they can and make it their own. And, um, you know, we're seeing huge, um, uptake in, 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 you know, adding further options to, to customers' boats. Um, you know, paint colors, wraps, um, electronics is a big one. Um, the customers seem to to want to spend uh, you know spend their money on, particularly for the in the fishos. Uh, so yeah, it's um, it's uh, certainly you know increasing in, in in that in that respect. And yeah, we, we we do what we can from from our side of it. And that, actually, that leads me to you know to something that we have developed in the states of range uh, over the last sort of twelve to eighteen months is we've identified that and introduced. You know, like our entry level boat, so a fairly basic boat. Um, but in the Stacer range, we have what we call our SE or special editions, which is basically, you know, every, everything like the hamburger with a lot, if you like. Um, but then also in between that, we've identified different option packs. So a customer can still buy an entry level version, but they can add like an angler's pack or, a, a, you know, entertainer's pack. Uh, or travellers pack with you know covers and all that sort of stuff on it. So we try to cater for as much as we can, and then also offer that SC, which is the the fully optioned up um, spec boat. So plenty of uh, plenty of choices, that's for sure. Speaking of the, the the fully optioned models, like you mentioned it before around 
the electronics and how that that really has been a, an area of the boating segment that has just taken off. No longer yep. are people spending five to ten thousand on electronics, which back in the day was a huge amount. It is twenty five to fifty and beyond. Yep. So in terms of the the way that the range has been developed and how you've you've changed the boats over time, quite clearly part of that has been the change in helm configuration and how you've changed that to you know to adapt to what are now you know 12 14 16 and beyond inch you know instrumentation that that sits in the dash yeah i mean look back you know probably 15 years ago we were running black and white standard electronics in you know most of our entry level models um, with the option to upgrade and, and then of course you know technologies you know developed along with it but um, as, as so has the, the the appetite for, for customers to get uh, as you know the the state of the art uh, up-to-date electronics in their boats and as you said they're fitting you know up to 16 inch you know, screens in their boats and um, so yeah, so for that we we've really had to, um, I guess, realign our our helms and our dash layouts, um, basically to try and maximise the real estate that that uh, can accommodate all those electronics and in some cases twin screens um, that now can you know hook up to your um, you know to your engines. Um, for gauges and also um, GPS-wise for, you know, for electric engines as well. So, you know, the, it's almost endless now. It's just that the technology is developing that quickly that we've got to try and keep up with that and it's the way that, the way that it is and that's what customers want. So that's what we do. The other part of, um, you know, that we've certainly seen a, a huge explosion with in Australia. It's, it's not just offshore, but we've seen um, the increase in bass fishermen flathead fishermen and the like whether it's the assault pro or the crossfire range um what people are now spending on a 4.8 meter boat they're putting everything in these things they're loading them up with you know 90 to 115 horsepower so they can really I, go and it's got all the bells can and whistles. i can i pull you up with that well before drew speaks that's exactly my plan with this stacer that i'm going to get so yep. i'm actually so excited to put so much stuff on this, like it's it's going to have the it's going to have obviously the motor guide at the front. It's yep. going to have so many electronics in it. It's going to have a big screen in the middle, one up the front for casting, and that, that that's the good thing with these boats is you can do this. And I love the fact you can customize a lot of it on the Stacer website too. You just saw me playing around with it, yeah, and the colors and stuff. You can saw you play around with stuff in front of it, but. Because it feels like it's, it's built for you rather than... 100%. It's not just off the shelf. This is what I design. But it's incredible. Like, you can change your live bait tank. So uh, I was sitting with Andrew last week. We had a meeting about this. And Andrew's like, do you want live bait tanks up the front or do you want two down the back? Or do you want this here? Do you want that there? And I'm like, I don't want that many live bait tanks. Like, this is, like, <laughs> but it's great to have, have the option. But you can have the option to do this. So And he's, then he rings me and goes, do you want to have rod storage down the side? I've gone, rod storage? Like lean them up against the side of the hull like I normally do. <laughs> He's like, no, you can store them under the ground, this and that. Like, there's so many options in this range that you can have, and that's what I want to do with with this boat. Kit everything out on it, so uh, it's going to be costly because it all adds up. But the amount of money that people are spending, like, look I'm at happy Lee, to do it because look it's at Lee Rayner's boat yeah. that he had. Here he's got his stacer that he has. Like that's got that'd have to be a 70, 80 grand boat now, if not more. So it's uh, yeah, it's great to see that you can actually um, you can actually do all this with the with the models that they have. Uh, has that part yeah. surprised surprised you, Drew? In terms of you know pro anglers really um, falling in love with the boats and using them. Like it's it's a great representation of what you've created. Yeah. Look. Uh, yes and no. I suppose. I mean. I, I, you know, we talk to our, our customers who are our dealers, but then when we're out and about, you know, we're talking to, to, to the customers directly as well. And, and, and you know, the experience uh, of buying a boat is fun. You know, we keep saying that we work here at the Dream Factory because we create dreams for the customers. And, um, you know, when you see a customer go through the buying cycle, exactly what, Aaron, you're talking about, of looking at the website first and, engaging with that and looking at the different models and and one thing that we have uh been doing a lot of work on recently is updating that website so you can do that that build a boat um 
section there that improves it. You can go and select your models and you can add all your different colors and then you can add your option and you can physically fully spin the boat around so you can see it. So if you jump onto the uh, our space or website space.com.au and you can go into the build a boat section physically do that, which is what you've been doing there, it just that customer experience that engages the customer from the start and then it gets them excited and then we can then obviously start talking about, the, you know, once we sort of hone in on whatever model suits that customer and then we can start, you know, talking specifics in regards to to uh, the particular options that, that, that they require. And, and the reason why we went down the path of, of having that entry-level Boat, but also the you know the option packs in between, and then the fully optioned up um, SE or special edition model, is because uh, you know it, buying a boat is not easy. It's 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 it is because it is so uh, op, you know option customization. It can be confusing and can be daunting to some customers, particularly new um, people to boating. So that's why we're trying to make that customer experience so so much easier and and seamless if you like when you're jumping into a boat that that we just need to understand a bit about you know the person what you know what type of boating they want to do where do they want to boat you know once we can sort of get that information we can then you know uh, guide them in the right direction to uh to get them into the right boat that will suit their their needs so yeah it's exciting and um and and yeah definitely as i said before the you know the 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 amount of uh customization and customers that are prepared to spend you know more money on their boats it, it is it's, it's crazy what we're seeing these days so patrick, uh, it's fun patrick aaron you've got kids right three of them yes i've got two i'm not sure if you've got kids drew but we'll just keep this in the in our range at the moment because yep you, you, you've got a favourite. Like, let's be honest. You've got a favourite. I've I got a favourite. You have a favourite. You have a favourite. <laughs> no, Drew, I don't you've know got, where you're going with this. Drew, this is, this is your boat. Oh, these, thank these, God. <laughs> <laughs> these boats are probably a little bit like your kids at times, Drew. Which one's your favourite? You've got to have a favourite. I know they, I know they've got all their purposes, but you must have a favourite. <laughs> It's uh, 77 of them, mate. It's a bit hard to pick one. <laughs> you got to pick one. We've just done it secretly. Uh, Don't tell them. But... I, 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 honestly, I've, I've, I've personally got a 469 Outlaw side console that I use up here on the Gold Coast where yep. we live and um, we fish around all the estuaries and duck offshore and that suits, uh, that suits that application. But I do think we more recently we've um, we've added the additional crossfire to the range which um, which is a boat that is a in in the, the name of the boat the crossfire is a bit of a crossover because it has the v bunk um, section in the front that can yeah you know you can have options on there so you can boat these days it's not just about you it's about the family um, so that particular boat suits a bit of a family day out on the water but then also if you want to go for a fish, you can kick the family out, um, put the infill in, in, in the V-bunk up the front, turn into a full casting platform and you're set ready to go fishing. So cross, the Crossfire side console is, is probably my next uh, next pick, I would say. <laughs> Which one is it, Pat? Uh, favourite? No, I go big. Actually, you know what? Hey, I was talking my about, all, the, talking about all, the all time. 4.5 metre... <laughs> 4.55 Sunmaster 2005. I, I don't have a favourite at the moment. I, I haven't looked. 2005, but I'll I haven't. I haven't looked enough yet, but wait wait till next week when I've bought one. <laughs> Drew, <laughs> thanks for coming on the show. Uh, once again, if you want more information on the Stacer range, stacer.com.au. And, of course, the Sydney International Boat Show is coming up August 3 to August 6. Uh, it is open from 10 a.m., through till 7pm Thursday to Saturday and Sunday it's 10am to 5pm and you will see uh, a huge range of boats uh, on display there. Drew, thanks for your time this morning on Real Adventures. Good on you guys. Thank you. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. We are on the home straight. It is time for Red's Tip. Redmond, what do you have for us? Well, it was what I was talking about with you uh, on Monday with the boat. Just thought I'd write it in the phone. as a little tip for the week. I reckon this is a good one. Do you like how the boat performed? I love your boat. You love it. You love it. I love it. It's it is such a great boat. It is. It's for the. I mean, it's a big boat. So it's seven and a half meters long, running twin. 
200 horsepower, uh, four-cylinder Mercury. So they're the lighter uh, 200s, and I feel like they're perfectly matched for it compared to – you can go to – Twin two two five. So I just don't think you need to. No, you don't. You don't need to. It's got everything in it. You don't need to go anywhere near bigger no. engines. And it's not, your boat gets nearly a hundred k's. And, and it's not getting any far. You, one or two out, k's. The throw yeah. out speed that your thing has is unbelievable. Literally, you could throw you out the back of the boat, put yeah. the throttles in. It takes off like no tomorrow. But particularly with the fly by wire. Oh, you love that. You love yeah. your fly by wire. But the boat's just great. It's hard top's good. It's, you stay dry in it, but there's enough space in the hard top to squeeze everyone in. It's great for offshore trawling, etc. It's great for battling the bigger biggest seas than what my six meter can handle. But you're paying a premium. There's a very there's a big difference well, between a six meter and a seven and, and, a half. and not just that, but if you come back into the bay and you've got to anchor up for your, your whiting and whatnot, it will still work. You still catch fish. You just swing around a bit more with the hard top, the big, Correct. bigger boat. So if it's I'd horses do, for courses. But I yeah. would, if I, had the, if I had the choice, you'd probably nearly... I would prefer your bigger boat than the six metre. I would now. Now I would. Yeah. Um, the other thing, problem with it is obviously the towing aspect of it. Which um, is a game changer for so many people because all of a sudden it's not just the boat that you've upgraded, it's the tow vehicle as well. And yeah. then you, no one can justify having a... Um, American Ute that sits in the shed and you're only ever using it for towing your boat. Well, that's what I so bought. So it becomes your daily driver. I bought the car, purely my car, for purely towing. Yeah. So I got the 650 coming in March. and I feel like that's the perfect balance for you. Yeah, the 650. So I get away with the, the base stuff. I was going to go a 750. I really was But you're towing it a lot. That's yeah. The only thing. But I don't notice, the, honest to God, I don't know the difference between towing your big boat to my six metre. Oh, whether uh, yes, you take corners maybe slightly wider. Yeah, it's bigger. It's big. It, yeah, it's not too big though. No, no. You're, you know what it is? Because it's, not, it's much, not too wide. But there's no more. There's not much. I don't reckon there's may, any, really any more width on your boat to my six meter on the trailer. I reckon it's the same width. It would be close to the same on the trailer because there's, there's a there's something. a legal there's a legal requirement. Yeah, it's got to be under two point five five in Australia, and this is significantly under that. And I think my boat might be two point four the beam. So with a yeah, 2.44, I reckon, I reckon yeah. both of them are the same. Yeah, so yours, like I said, it's, I don't actually notice it. Where you notice it is when you go into caravan parks or somewhere to stay. Yeah. So don't towing, I don't notice it in the slightest. Towing around town, moving around, don't know any But when you get into a place like when you and I... You've got to find a park. Oh, it's a prick of a thing. You take up that much. <laughs> like how long... You drove... It's long. You followed me towing. How Mate, long am I? Like The car into the boat, it's like a... It's a truck. Do I need to hurry up here? We need to get off on track. You're okay. We're you're okay. You're okay. <laughs> if we get cut off, we, we hope you've enjoyed the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a beautiful boat. It's a good car. Uh, sorry, it's a good car. It's good to tow. It's good. I don't I don't struggle. I know I'm a bit more experienced than the average punter, but if you drove this boat, if you It was it easy more, to drive. Uh, around the ramps and stuff, it's not too hard. The wind does get the hard top a bit, but whether it was a six-meter hard top or over seven, you're still going to cop it. Yes, Bit harder to move, but I really i I love driving your boat. It's a beautiful boat to drive. It, and you are it's... critical of every boat you ever get in. Yeah, I am. I am. Your boat's well, an all round boat. Done, I don't, so it's not too hours. wet. A lot of DV hulls throw so much water. You just wet all the time, which it does get Yours wet. Yours is a bit you, of a prick with the dive door. If you, yeah, well, throws a lot find of water. Find me a decent, no, you, find me you, a dive door you, that doesn't leak. You're not going to. Maybe yeah, Grady White. We sort of hear good yeah. things about them, but you bang those trim tabs in. It does get. More wet, obviously. Yeah, it comes over But the it top. improves the ride yep. exponentially. 100%. Just so, ask Brad. He loved it. <laughs> He's got to get the gaff, doesn't he? Uh, back to the tip. So it was during the week when you and I were fishing. You, you were having a spin for a bit. And I said to you, oh, I want to try and get some bait on the bait jig. And what I mean by that is I'm trying to match the bait to what's uh, in the water. Match so the hatch. Match the hatch. So whatever's in there, I want to put in the water. So I've got dead pillies. So and Aaron said, if you see bait come up, let me know. Yeah, so let me know on the sounder. So instead of Pat saying, okay, there's bait on the sounder. So if you, now picture this in front of you right now. You've got a screen. So just so you've got a sounder screen in front of you, right? Yep. And what happens is it comes from right to left, everything underneath you. Soon as something comes on your screen on the right-hand side moving towards the left, that's what's directly under you. Yep. If it's halfway through the screen and you go, oh, Aaron, there's bait underneath me, but there's nothing under that point, there's no point in telling me because it's 200 metres gone. Well, I got... I got- Preoccupied <laughs> a few times 
With birds. With stuff. <laughs> you <laughs> want me to find your birds? You want Pepsi, me to drive the boat? Like, oh, what, your, what else do you want from me? Your Milky Ways? Is that what you eat now there? Jeez, I ate a few Milky Ways. The dietitian around this joint. Uh, basically, when the bait comes through the sound, you need to be red hot and go, yeah, there's bait. Stop the boat instantly and set it, let it set for a second. So it will come down to your slower movement. Yep. And when it comes down to the slower movement, if it's still coming through that part of the screen right underneath the boat, so right where it comes out of the no man's land into the screen, that's where you want to tell me to drop the bait jig. No point in saying drop the bait when it's in the middle of the screen because that is already gone. That's 250 metres away. So there's no point. So The other thing was you had no issues. So we were running two teaser bars and then all of the, the skirts and allure. And it was no, fine. I mean, you were like, no, no, it's fine. Just, yeah. let, just let it sit there. We'll pick it back up slowly on the back end and the lures came back up yep. You know, once oh, we yeah. moved on from the bait. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, so when we stopped, yeah, picked back up yeah. into play. So what you're doing there is you're trying to – if you're going – you need to be smart. You can't do it when you're going into the wind because you'll drift back on everything yep. and everything will go to crap. You'll be in trouble, everything. Yep. You need to make sure that you push. So even if you're going across the wind, just turn right hand down or left hand down so you're back full with the wind so everything follows you in the in the way that you're moving, yep. especially if it's a bit of wind around. Because yeah. if you do it when it's coming on you and it pushes you back on your stuff, you're on screwed. your lures, on your thing, yep. you just got yeah everything. It's a lot of money if you're going to cut it off. Yep. So so you don't want to be doing <laughs> we that. We recommend you not doing that. Yeah, so that's that's the tip for the week is uh, make sure the bait's underneath your boat. And this is not just for barrels. This is for marlin fishing yep. up the New South Wales coast. If you're chasing bait for kingfish or if you're even just trying to catch yakas just for bait for gummies, whatever you're doing around the country, that is the best tip I can give you when you're dropping down uh, for bait. Don't drop when it's in the middle of the screen, the bait. Drop when it's first coming underneath the boat. That's where you need to be. Beautiful work. The Flying Gaff this week heads to the Geelong doctor, David Long. Now, Longy, wonderful oh, person. Oh, this is coming off the back of the start of the show. I yes. forgot about that. Wonderful person. Terrific doctor. Uh, but Brad gets seasick. So Aaron and I took Brad Close and Gary Rowan out fishing on Monday in my boat. First and, and last time for Brad. <laughs> and and Brad uh, gets seasick, so ask the doc about some uh, some seasickness prevention. So I was going to give him these work. They're called one three hundred seasick. Okay, but they as work. a but as a player, you have to be if you are responsible for everything that goes into your body. And if you consume something um, that is part of the banned supplements uh, substances, then you can be up to four years out of the game banned. So taking something, which was recommended not to take this particular product because it hasn't been batch tested, etc. Yeah, well, also it had the, lo- the, the packet that I had, the, lo- the, the label had been rubbed off. You couldn't see what was in it. <laughs> Probably not your best work. <laughs> anyway. my tablets. So David, our doctor, prescribed Brad, I forget what it was called. Whatever it was, so I think I think it was Tic Tacs because <laughs> because Tic-tacs. it it did, it did no, not. That was sleeping pills. He slept. <laughs> he slept. That was sleeping. Oh, that's not bad for you. It <laughs> was Tamazepam. Um, <laughs> that was, when yeah. I, when he read the name out of it on the boat when he said he got it, I just go. He will sleep the whole day because I've heard multiple people have taken these back on the charters, and as soon as they take him, I'm dead. <laughs> They're just out cold. Well, <laughs> I looked at them. And I said, I won't be taking notes. <laughs> so I stuck with the travel car. Which worked well for you. Which worked, well, I, was, I was totally fine. Brad, on the other hand, was seasick for six hours and one of the, the, the sickest sort of setups that you've ever seen. Uh, so, Longy, you have the flying gaff this week. Anyone looking for decent seasickness medication, as Aaron said? one three hundred seasick is seriously, and I've got no affiliation with this. I think ET actually has a big affiliation with this. I have all of my – the guys that I fish with offshore that get sick. Craig, my cameraman for Salt Guide, he wouldn't come out in the ocean, instantly sick. He takes these and he does not get sick, I promise you. I promise you. This is no plug. I don't get paid, Patrick. <laughs> this stuff works. But if you play sport, please get them checked. <laughs> I don't want to have any responsibility with jail time. And that is our flying gaff for uh, this, uh, <laughs> this morning's show. We hope you've enjoyed it. We'll see you on the water next week. This has been Real Adventures.